Hello and welcome to my ADHD moment live with Julie Posey. It's not scripted, it's ADHD. Each episode is about what can happen with a little dopamine deprivation, some intense stress, and general lack of focus that comes free inside with ADHD. Here's your host, Julie Posey. Hello and welcome to my ADHD moment live. I'm Julie Posey and this is season three, episode one. I'd like to give some quick shout outs. I'd like to welcome listeners on four new platforms. Those are Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podcast Addict. Welcome to all of you. There are also listeners from many countries that I'd like to welcome to the show. Those countries include Argentina, Australia, Brazil, Canada, Chile, Czech Republic, Denmark, France, Finland, Germany, Ireland, India, Israel, Italy, Mexico, New Zealand, Norway, Philippines, Turkey, St. Lucia, Singapore, Spain, Taiwan, Sweden, Switzerland, United Kingdom, and of course, my home country, the United States of America. I have a widely diverse audience, and that just goes to show that ADHD knows no geographical boundaries, unless, of course, you're just here for the laughs, and you don't have ADHD. ADHD is not a requirement. I appreciate all of you and thank you so much for listening. Okay, let's get started. It's been a very long time since I've been able to produce an episode for you. I've had so many things happen in my life that required all of my very limited attention. For the new listeners, I'll fill you in on the situation with my husband and for the regular listeners, I'll catch you up real quick. My husband was diagnosed with bladder cancer in 2018 and he went through over 20 cycles of treatment that caused him pain and other side effects. And then we learned that the cancer had spread to the right lung. And then in November of 2020, I got the call that nobody ever wants to get. Doctors told me that the disease had spread to other organs and it was now in his liver and he was in liver failure and he would not survive much longer. The doctor said she would order hospice services and then he passed away about three weeks later. Now, I don't know how it is for the average person, but for me, being the one in charge while waiting for hospice to arrive was a major challenge. I had no idea what to expect and I wasn't comfortable being home alone while waiting for whatever was going to happen to happen, but in COVID conditions, that's how it was. And I had um, no idea when anything was going to happen. I have to admit that I'd been binge watching every possible show in the true crime genre, and then I have a friend that seems to be obsessed with creating serial killer merchandise, and I see that all the time. And I was also an avid listener to all the law enforcement podcasts I could find. Now, cops don't really understand ADHD real well, but they're happy to share their crime scene photos with no problem. After all that, my anxiety was way over the top, thinking about every possible scenario that could possibly unfold. I didn't want there to be any serious ADHD moments if I could possibly avoid them. So I became super hypervigilant with just about everything, and I was on the verge of a complete meltdown just about all the time. I was afraid to cook for fear I'd start some serious fire and never be able to figure out how to get the immobile patient to safety, and who would even have a free hand to call 911? 
Do you think that burning open flames would actually prevent me from filling the entire house with smoke? Well, no, it didn't. I can tell you that dishwashers can emit smoke too, if you don't secure all the tiny storage container lids and keep them from falling down on the heating element. Wow, it took a couple days to get that odor out of the house and remove all the melted plastic from the bottom of the dishwasher. I knew I had to work extra hard in the kitchen. I had to watch for things like leaving the butter dish on the stove when I'm using the oven, and that's just not a good thing. Then I had to make myself consciously aware of what happens if you think you asked the Google Assistant to set a timer while baking potatoes, and you actually didn't set a timer at all. I now have a cooking phobia, and the microwave and I have become great friends. Now, during this whole time, my husband was requiring assistance with nearly everything from getting dressed to getting to the bathroom. And one day I noticed he was pulling on his t-shirt and telling me it was choking him. I moved a little closer and I saw the problem. Shoot, it's on backwards. I put the poor man's shirt on him backwards. I am so sorry. I fixed that as quickly as I could to avoid strangulation. Then one day I was helping him get to the bathroom and he was walking real slow. And he told me that his feet were hurting. And I looked down and noticed that his house slippers were on the wrong feet. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. We stopped in the middle of the hallway and I put the slippers on the right feet. I was very afraid when I found myself being the one responsible for giving him his medications. He could no longer do it on his own, so I had to. I set alarms on my phone, but I didn't see the importance of labeling the alarms. Each time one would go off, I'd have to think really hard about which medication he was supposed to take. And I didn't even know if it was time for his medication or time for me to take mine. What a confused mess that was. So I went through each alarm and put the name of the medications he would take at the correct time. Then I made a checklist so that when I gave him his medication, I could check it off and note the time it was taken. That made things go a little smoother. Finally, all the paperwork was done and insurance approved hospice services, and I was so glad to see them. They kicked into high gear right away and helped me immensely. And when the people from hospice came out, they brought a few things to make my job easier and provide extra comfort for their patient. And a hospital bed was the first thing to arrive. It was a very nice bed with a control to raise and lower the head, the feet, or the whole bed. And all the buttons were clearly labeled with arrows and pictures so you know which one does what. Well, maybe the average person could benefit from these visual depictions of how controls work, but not a single person who's ever been around me longer than a week has ever disputed the fact that I'm not exactly average or normal by any of the common standards. One night, my husband asked me to raise the head of his bed so that it could make him more comfortable to breathe and for him to be able to sleep. Well, I got it all wrong and started to raise his feet. Then, in an effort to fix that mistake, I push another button and the air mattress starts to deflate. Oops! After fooling around with that for a few minutes, I discovered that I was holding the control upside down. He wasn't real amused that it took so long for just a simple bed adjustment. The poor man couldn't even speak real well, but he sure could roll his eyes okay. After that, I started to have anxiety whenever he needed 
the bed adjusted. I feared that at some point I'd get all confused and end up folding him in half and then there would be a power failure or something terrible that I couldn't fix. Oh my goodness! The hospice team also brought some very effective liquid pain medication. It was the best stuff ever. If he was in pain, I gave him a dose and it relieved the pain rather quickly so he could remain as comfortable as possible and just go back to sleep. The thing I'm wondering now is why on earth do people have to wait till the end of life to have a few comfort meds on hand? It sure could have come in handy at other times throughout my marriage. Lift up your tongue, darling. I have a little something to keep you calm while I go to Hobby Lobby. You won't even know I was gone, or how much money I spent, or what exactly I bought. This will actually be good for both of us. Well, I suppose it's a good thing that those meds are a controlled substance, or the country would have a bigger opioid crisis than we do now. But the divorce rate would go down. There was one night when my husband could barely communicate, but he was able to tell me that he was getting a little bored. So I grabbed my coffee and pulled up a chair next to his bed, and um, since he had such a hard time talking and I had a hard time understanding him, I just told him that he could just listen and I would talk. I didn't know exactly what to say to him, so I just thought, well, I'll just start with um, the morning and I would just give him every little detail of my day. I woke up this morning, took the dog out, took a shower, dropped the shampoo and broke the lid, then had to pour that into another bottle so it would, wouldn't dry up or spill. Then I went to take my medication and dropped the pill and couldn't find it, but then I find it dissolving in the dog's water dish. After about an hour, he told me that it was time for me to go to bed. Okay then, message received. He can't handle the babbling for another minute. I'll show myself to the door. While all of this was going on, I was so overwhelmed. Way more than I am on a regular day, which can still be pretty bad. I was worried that I'd fall asleep and my husband would need something and I wouldn't hear him. That's when my best friend helped me track down a baby monitor. That was a great help most of the time. There was this one night when the baby monitor picked up a nearby neighbor's frequency and I woke up about 2 a.m. to the sound of a baby crying and I started to go into full panic mode. No, 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 I am not doing this. I was so scared that my husband had passed away while I was sleeping and reincarnation didn't take nearly as long as I once believed and he had managed to come back as a newborn baby. I'm not doing this. No, been there already. After my husband's death, I suddenly had to figure things out on my own. Things that I never even thought about for over 30 years were suddenly my problem. The silence in the house drove me insane. So I found myself wondering, what exactly does this TV remote thing do? It took a little while for me to figure out that there can't be anything sitting in front of the infrared sensor on the corner of the TV, or it wouldn't turn on. I learned that after changing the batteries twice. I would have thought that that little beam could see through a bottle of water, but I guess not. Then there's this whole on-demand thing. You mean to tell me that I could have been watching my show when I felt like it, instead of stopping my whole life on Tuesday at 8 p.m. and going to my bestie's house to watch it? That's a neat little concept that nobody happened to share with me. Interesting. Then all of the claim forms showed up on the same day. 
These people just love paperwork. I mean, they thrive on it. One packet had 20 pages to fill out, another had 16, and one had 7. And, of course, each claim was dependent on the other, and they all had a timely deadline that had to be met. I was about to have a, another complete meltdown over all that. Those forms had to be filled out accurately, and I was so stressed out already that I didn't think I could even handle it. Thank God I have a very patient best friend and could call her. She's a former school teacher, and she's used to working with children with all kinds of disabilities. And about the time she'd witnessed about five of my best ADHD moments, she let me know that in all the years she'd been a teacher, she'd never had a student with ADHD as severe as I have it. Wow, I feel so special. I didn't know if that was a compliment or if I should be worried because I'm worse off than previously thought. I just knew that somehow she tolerated my level of madness and still continued to love me. She just told me to take a deep breath and relax and just answer one question at a time and it would all be fine. And it was. Okay, it's time for me to go. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in again next time for another episode of My ADHD Moment Live with Julie Posey. You have been listening to My ADHD Moment Live with your host, Julie Posey. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please remember to leave a rating or review wherever you get to listen to your podcasts. It really helps.